Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. edition of Believe in Betting LA. This is episode 37. We're doing this, like always, Chris, from our living rooms, but obviously the rest of the outside world uh, is much different. I'm your host, Sam Maxwell. You can find me, as always, on Twitter at smaxwell713 and live from his parents' bedroom in Chicago, Illinois, is my co-host, Chris Lewert. How you doing from the Midwest, Chris? Uh, I'm doing well, and it's actually my bedroom, so let's just be clear. Who owns my that? Who owns there's that? an there's an homage to me in Frozen in Time. So uh, basically, my room looks like it did as uh, in 2002, and as as does my yeah as does my closet, which is kind of funny because uh, I hate packing when I travel. So when I do come home, I tend to not bring a whole lot. So I end up wearing the same clothes I used to wear, and because the style then was so baggy, it fits. And uh, my friends are concerned about me because they wonder why I'm wearing a shirt that is now 20 years old at this point. Um, but yeah, yeah, good times. Yeah. All right. Well, it's kind of cool to have that. You know that, like you said, that time capsule in place there. And you're lucky. You know, I'm, I'm about 10 years younger than you. My parents are divorced. I actually had two childhood bedrooms. Both of them are now gone. So a lot of people in your situation, your age at least, do not have that ability to go back and spend time in your childhood. So that's awesome. It's awesome, obviously, you're going to spend time with your folks, uh, but make sure, as all of you should, to make sure you stay inside, quarantine, wash your hands, social distancing, listen to public health experts, uh, and just stay positive. This is a, a very difficult time in our country, in our world's time, in our in, in history, and, in, uh, you know, we're going to be rem- remembered for how we handle this adversity and um, it's, it's, I think it's really important from us here at Believe in the Believe in Betting LA podcast to hammer home all of those messages. So obviously, as you know, if you're listening to this podcast, there is no live sports right now. Although I did just hear that South Korea, really one of the first ones to get through this crisis, uh, is restarting their basketball league at the end of this month or maybe sometime next month. So there will be some sort of bets, uh, some sports to bet on in the future. Right now, obviously, there is nothing. So this is going to be a different episode, kind of just, uh, you know, your standard sports talk radio. We're going to talk about, um, you know, the, the abrupt endings to the college basketball season, to the NBA season, uh, to the XFL season, to the delay in the beginning of the MLB season, to the spring sports for college canceled. There is a lot of news in the last seven to 10 days or so. And we're going to talk about that. We're also just going to talk about, um, you know, how we're feeling and, and, and things that we should look out for. And then of course, the only thing that's actually going on right now is the NFL off season. It actually doesn't start until tomorrow, but a lot of big news has hit the wire both yesterday and today. So we'll talk about that and specifically how it relates to both the chargers and the Rams. But let's first kind of just turn the clock back here, Chris, take a look at how uh, everything, you know, kind of unfolded in the last 10 days or so. And, you know, we talked about in our last episode that, and just for all for all intents and purposes, throwing this out there, it's March 17th today is the day of recording. Um, and so the last time we talked was obviously going in to that final weekend of the regular season for college basketball. Um, so, you know, it looked like both UCLA and USC were probably going to make the tournament. Um, you know, UCLA was a buzzer beater away from winning the conference outright. Um, and that was a great game. We can talk about that one. 
and it looked like SC was likely also going to make the tournament. They were both probably going to be uh, among the last four in or, or, you know, the last yeah. 16 or so in. So let's first talk about how, what it means for college basketball. You know, they, they first were talking about let's play games without fans there, which is going to be extremely eerie. But we were all, I think, really relieved to know that there's at least going to be something on. We're still going to have college basketball. Uh, and then very quickly thereafter, it really just started with Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz being uh, tested positive for coronavirus. The NBA went from six to midnight real fast from playing empty stadiums to just outright uh, postponing the season and, and potentially canceling the season. Of course, uh, NCAA followed suit afterwards. What were your initial impressions, Chris? How did that kind of uh, hit you when the, that news got dropped down last week? Definitely my, my first kind of thought was I was surprised they didn't kind of immediately go to let's just play these in empty stadiums. Um, but then as I thought about it and, and read more kind of about it and was educating myself on the virus, I realized that it was the, you know, even if you only have the, you know, 20 players and coaches and staff or 25 on each team, like that's still 50 people. Plus there's got to be some stadium personnel and on and on and on. You know, even if you're playing in quote unquote empty stadium, you still got a couple hundred people there just to turn lights on and have things functioning. And that's really the, you know, the basis for fighting this thing is flattening the curve, right? So it's more or less, you know, a third of the population is going to get this, right? But you don't want a third of the population to get it in the same month. You want to spread this across three or four months because the healthcare system needs the bandwidth to handle it, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So I get why they didn't, I get now at first I, I was, I was, I just couldn't believe it. I said, really, you're not you're not going to do the empty stadium thing, like the mm-hmm. TV dollars. And I am uh, a Mark Emmerich hater. Like I couldn't believe, <laughs> couldn't believe he was living a, leaving a billion dollars on the table. That guy is a swarmy, terrible, awful human being. Um, but even uh, at certain pressures, even the swarmiest of people can't, can't comprehend and can't deal with it. So um, was definitely shocked and, and saddened. You know, it's, it's funny how, the things you know the things you miss right i would never tell you that march madness was all that important to me i love to gamble on it i love to watch it certainly Mm -hmm. great entertainment Mm -hmm. but then once it's actually gone you kind of like oh man like that really does stink like this is something i look forward to uh be like missing a birthday or something you know it's not going to kill you but it it just it stinks that it's not there anymore right it's just unfortunate you know, the craziest part for me, Chris, was that, you know, the tournament, the NBA season, these, these things still happen during the war. Yep. You know, we're going back over 100 years. The Spanish flu of 1917 and 18 was really the last time the world kind of stopped and paused. And, you know, obviously the world was a much, much different place uh, about 100 years ago. So, you know, we it's the first time pretty much ever, at least – uh, in modern history, that there's no tournament, there's no NBA playoffs. You know, every everything is, uh, is you know, you're, you're going to look back in 2020, and, and you know, some intern in 20 years is going to ask the producer, you know, what happened in 2020? Why why did nothing happen? And it's going to be a blip on the radar. But um, it's it's it really kind of that hit home for me that um, you know we we had the 1944 NCAA championship or whatever, and and we will not have one uh, yep. in the year 2020. And you know, a lot of people were hopeful that we were at least going to get a selection Sunday to. Uh, kind of glorify what would have been to give all the, the teams and, and the coaching staffs um, the thrill of hearing their team called and at least to kind of see what we were missing. But um, I don't blame the NCAA for not for not releasing that. There's really no upside for them. And it would have been fun for us, but it wouldn't have you know solved the dilemma, which is that there is, of course, no live sports. And so 
you're seeing on Twitter all kinds of <laughs> funny things. And, and, you know, I saw Trey Young uh, do a three-point contest with rolled-up socks, and he had a money ball at the end of each one. So people are getting creative. It's fun. And I think a lot of people are saying the right things, which is to stay home. And, you know, the most recent news here is that four – uh, not New Jersey Nets. Geez, how long has it been since I said their name? The Brooklyn Nets – uh, have tested positive for the coronavirus, including, of course, superstar Kevin Durant. And if four players on the Nets have gotten it, a couple of players in the Jazz have gotten it, uh, it's only a matter of time before we hear that dozens, if not more than that, of players in the NBA also test positive for the coronavirus. When you're rubbing up against each other for a 48-minute game and coughing yeah. on, each other, on each other, you know, it's only a matter of time. So the incubation period for this is over two weeks. So, um, you know, there was several weeks of the NBA, you know, probably infecting each other just to now, of course, get all these positive reports. So let's, let's, okay, we, let's move on from what happened and let's, let's talk about what we would do if we were the powers in charge, you know, for March Madness, there's no coming back from that. But if you're in the NBA right now, you have a bunch of players, including star players that have tested positive for the coronavirus. Uh, you've, you've mentioned that there's at least a 30 day hiatus. So we're talking about uh, into mid April before we're even get talking about getting the league back on, what would you do here? If you're Adam Silver, if you're one of the powers that be at the NBA, let's put kind of a mock compressed postseason in place here for 2020. Obviously, that's going to affect the beginning of the 2020-21 season as well. How would you handle this if you're Adam Silver with the rest of the NBA season? I think long term, it, it could be could be a dream. And we talked about this a little bit before we started recording. But um you and I agree, I think, that there needs to be some sort of ramp up. A lot of people, uh, Twitter prognosticators, are saying oh, you know, just get a tournament going right now. This is a fun time. You can experiment with something, just start the playoffs immediately. I think the product would severely suffer from something like that. I think these guys need a week, probably three, four, five, six, seven, eight games. You have the regular season games that are left um, to kind of get back into the groove of things and, and their timing and playing with their players. Now they've been off for so long. It would be a very rusty game. It's kind of like, the NFL, the first couple of weeks in the NFL, when it's just a little bit sloppy. Um, so I think you want to get that because you want your, you know, your playoff situation to be as as crisp and as well played as possible. So you're definitely fighting that wave of you've probably got half of your workforce sick. Um, granted, I think Rudy Bogart, Rudy Gobert, and Donovan Mitchell both said that like they would have been fine to play in a day or two. They felt okay, uh, which is obviously positive. For those of us who are worried, if you do get sick, um, if you're younger, you know, if you're in your 30s or 40s, you're probably going to notice that you're a little sick. But unless you get severely unlucky with a bad strain, you'll probably recover rather quickly. But these guys probably have to be symptom free. That's just, you know, you can't put your workforce at, at kind of at risk like that. So that's what we'll see. Um, I hope they decide that playing in an empty stadium is better than not playing at all. I think there's far too much money in TV to forego to say, well, we have to have the fan experience. We have to have those beer and merchandise sales in the stadiums to, to make it worth our while to do. Um, but I think they'll, I think they'll realize that. So at the end of the day, uh, the next two weeks and what happens with the virus and how many people are infected and how bad it is, is really going to determine how quickly they can get back up and running but uh, I think there's just too much money at risk here. And as soon as they get an opportunity, they're going to empty stadium it. Uh, they're going to have those guys play. They're going to have them get some reps in. And then you're going to see some sort of abbreviated playoff. You know, maybe the first two rounds are three of five. 
Um, or maybe they'll get clever and do some kind of tournament. Um, I know Bill Simmons has talked about a midseason tournament um, dozens of times in his podcast. You know, do they adopt something like that and kind of bring every team in and, and just do something creative with it and, you know, hand out the the NBA equivalent of the Intercontinental Championship with the WWE. But uh, <laughs> there's just there's too much money involved, right? Like, sickness yeah. or not, like, this is America. If there's money to be made, people will... You know, people play in the NFL, right? Like, that is a brutal, gladiatorial sport, right? But if there's money on the table, like, people are willing to take risks and earn it. So I do think we will see sports again, and I don't think it's going to be six months or a year like some doomsayers are saying. Yeah, no, I think I think we'll see live sports again in our country sometime in the next two or three months. It's just, it's just a matter of how does this affect not just this season but next season. How big of an asterisk do we put on if there is a 2020 NBA champion? What if the playoffs are far different? What if the Lakers get down in the best of three series in round one end up losing in the first round? There's going to be a lot of different things that you're not going to be – you know, this is going to be an outlier season uh, no matter how you slice it. And if they play, you know, a full postseason, then, then they're going to have to shorten the offseason or shorten next season. It's going to – as we discussed before we started recording, it's going to really have a ripple effect – uh, on, on not just this season, but next season, even two seasons down the road, it's, it's really going to be remarkable how, how we look back upon this. Um, but yeah, I mean, for both the Lakers and the Clippers, you know, two of the top three odds-on favorites to win the NBA Finals, the top two heavy favorites in the Western Conference, it's really unfortunate for both of our local teams. You know, the Lakers obviously had literally just clinched their first playoff appearance uh, in about eight years, a long time coming. The Clippers are surging right now. They were surging right now, and they had potentially the most talented top-heavy roster uh, in the NBA. So uh, it's really unfortunate for both those teams. I mean, uh, should Lakers and Clippers fans feel like they got robbed or feel like they got slighted? Or is this, you know, obviously it's it's fair and unfair for everyone, but is, do, do Lakers or Clippers fans have anything more to be upset about? Or, or a team like the Bucks, for example, that were looking to make their first title run, uh, you know, since the 70s? Yeah, I think it's... It sucks. It's force majeure, right? It's literally an act of God. Uh, and it's... You know, it's the thing that that people talk about all the time when they when the sports radio hosts talk about, you know, individual seasons and they bring up the Black Sox or they bring up the steroid era. And it's just it's going to have to be prefaced every time. Right. They discuss the 2020 NBA season. If they're you know, they crown an eventual champion. It stinks for the Clippers. It stinks for the Lakers Clippers for their first real chance in a while to, uh, you know, to make a make a run and win a title and, and try and try and, you know, nudge the Lakers out of the LA landscape, just a smidgen. Uh, although I think it would probably take 10 years of success to actually even move them halfway out of the spotlight in LA. Um, unfortunate for a guy like LeBron too, right? Like he was playing extraordinary this season. I think trying really hard and putting more miles on those legs. And I know he's, I know he's in great shape and I know he takes care of himself, but if I'm a Lakers fan, I just, I kind of grind my teeth a little bit. Like he waste, you know, it could be a wasted year for him, right? If they don't figure something out Mm -hmm. Uh, and he doesn't have too many bullets left in the gun to play at that sort of mega high level that he can, he can can play at. Um, But I like the idea. I think this could be extraordinary for the NBA and me as a fan. I am on the bandwagon fully of the NBA need to play, needing to play about 15 to 20 less games every year. And if they do that, you know, they do an abbreviated off season and start the start the new season uh, a couple weeks later and then, you know, knock off 15 or 20 games. I think the product would be incredible. If you saw kind of a sprint mm-hmm. in the NBA where you had to throw load management out the window because every you have to win every game. <laughs> I think I honest to God think that's the biggest appeal that the NFL has is, is not just the gambling aspect, but every game is so, so important in the NFL. And if you could get that 
brought into the NBA, uh, I really think it would benefit their product overall and the interest. And uh, I would be very interested in that Tuesday night, you know, Bucks Clippers game because it actually really means something. That win loss is going to be very important to those teams. So, uh, long term, I think it could be super beneficial. I'm just I'm taking the glass half full on this. That uh, ultimately the product is going to be improved in the next season or two uh, as a result of kind of the fallout, or so I hope anyway. That's my hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were ironically talking about a shorter season for the NBA uh, a couple episodes ago. So this is definitely something that you were all over even before it became a necessity. All right, we're going to continue talking about the coronavirus and how it affects uh, professional sports in North America and collegiate sports in North America. But first, I want to talk about our new sponsor for the show. Style is changing. Formal wear is out. And that's probably because no one's leaving their houses anymore. And the T-shirt is in. And obviously, it's more difficult to do laundry than ever before. So True Classic Tees is what we're going to talk about. They are my favorite. And it's a local company in L.A., based here in Los Angeles. It's a T-shirt company that is on the rise. The T-shirts, Chris, are soft. They hold up in the wash, they hold up in the dryer, and most importantly, just like Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, several other players that we're talking about now, they're incredibly versatile. You can wear them out, you can wear them to work out, which you can't do right now at the gym at least. You can wear them around the house. That's something that we can certainly do, we can all do, and to do our part with the coronavirus, uh, and, and they're going to be doing a lot more very soon is what we're hearing. The best part, Chris, they're incredibly cheap, only $15, and now you can get them for even less. So go to trueclassictees.com and use the code to check out Believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, as in Believe Podcast, for 20% off. So not just 15%, now you're getting 20% off that. That's Believe, B-L-E-A-V, on the use use it on the, the promo code at trueclassictees.com. That's trueclassictees.com and use the promo code believe B-L-E-A-V. All right. Now kind of overshadowing all this, Chris, is the XFL season. The inaugural XFL 2.0 uh, was a lot of fun. You know, the defenders certainly weren't probably surging. They weren't going to win the XFL championship. But what it means is that uh, the Los Angeles franchise, we won't call them defenders, is still Defending champions, having won <laughs> with Tommy Maddox back in, I think it was in 2001 or 2002. Um, so it sucks. You know, the XFL, I'm, I'm sure they had a lot of things that they planned for in, you know, year one of trying to come back. I'm sure what they did not plan for is a worldwide pandemic. Unfortunately, I'm sure the league lost a ton of money having not been able to capitalize on what was a very successful first season. And we'll see what this does to the XFL. I think they should have a lot to be proud of uh, in their inaugural season. It was a good product. But, uh, you know, the season obviously is over for the Defenders uh, and in the XFL. Uh, uh, Wildcats. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Fabulous Los Angeles Wildcats. <laughs> oh, the Defenders were D.C. Right. Okay. Wow. Hasn't even been that well, long. And then- well, Wildcats, I mean, we could have come a little more. I think I said this at the beginning. Yeah, like, we, we couldn't become more original than the Wildcats. I mean, I guess it was the name they had before, so I get it. But come on, man. It's the most overused. In fact, the thing I am most shocked about in this whole virus thing is that Vince McMahon, who doesn't seem to be terribly worried about any kind of press, so long as it's press, is that they didn't continue on, that there wasn't, like, an ad blitz that, like, all sports are canceled, come watch the XFL, like, we're adding XFL games, we're going to play yeah, two yeah. XFL games a week, um, you know, uh, Randy Orton is going gonna, is gonna to suit up, like, they're just, I can't believe he didn't turn it into a circus and a spectacle, um, yeah. 
definitely the thing Look, I was if, most if surprised he about. Could have, I'm sure they would have. If there was, if they were the one sport on in, in town, still broadcasting and still playing live, can you imagine the ratings that thing would have gotten? Yep. But of course, that would have been harmful to society as a whole. So I'm glad uh, they were the last ones to shut shut it down, and and, and now they have. So um, yeah, the XFL's done. College basketball's done. We, we'll see about the NBA. Major League Baseball obviously canceled their spring training. We thought we'd have opening day in, in less than two weeks. Obviously, that's not going to be happening at the end of March now. And they will also need to ramp back up period. What would you do for Major League Baseball? 162-game season. We're looking like we're going to miss at least the first month of the regular season, if not more. Should they shorten the season down? Should they extend it deeper into the offseason and kind of push back the season after that? What would you do uh, if you were Rob Manfred and, and, and the rest of the baseball uh, executive establishment? Baseball is tricky because whereas I think the NBA should be playing less games, I, I think the the appeal of baseball and what makes baseball a little unique is that it's such a long season. Like I think that's a little bit of the point of baseball is that it's it's a war of attrition. It's a marathon. You play day in and day out, and that's what kind of makes making the playoffs so special is that you've really, really earned it. And, you know, basketball, I think those players can be ready in, you know, two or three or four or five kind of warm-up games. You can't do that. Position players, yeah. But, like, pitchers, there's a reason pitchers and catchers report, you know, two and a half weeks before everybody else. It's because they really need that time to get ready, and now they're basically starting from zero again. Um, I heard an interview with a uh, a former Cub and White Sox pitcher, a guy by the name of Vance Joseph, um, who was saying that you kind of spend the first three weeks of spring training just getting ready to throw a baseball 90 times in a game, right? Or a hundred times in a game. Right, and right. those guys were just approaching that getting into season form when everything got shut down. So uh, I think if I'm baseball, I just, I say, you know what, we're just going to have to play a shortened season. You know, uh, I heard some rumors about a July 4th kind of opening day thing spectacle. Uh, I could see that <laughs> being, a, being a really Crazy. big deal. And, you know, I think that's just what you do. It, it defeats a little bit of the purpose of baseball, having it be a marathon and you turn it into a sprint. But mm-hmm. it would be exciting, I think, for the younger generation that wants kind of, you know, a quicker pace and, and a more a more meaningful uh, result to every baseball game. I think that's I think that's what you have to do. Um, you could probably play a little deeper into October and move the move the playoff backs a couple of weeks, but you can't go. You know, that's all you need is a you know a World Series Game Seven being played in Yankee Stadium and it's snowing. Um, that would certainly make for great ratings, but I don't know what kind of product you would have. So, uh, I think if you're Major League Baseball, you just have to hope that this this gets cleared up sooner rather than later, and then just say, right. you know what, we're knocking. 40 games off the season it's just the way it's going to have to be and everybody mm-hmm. has to eat you know eat the lost revenue right and, and the difficult thing for baseball is just there's very few off days in terms of making yep. up lost games you, it's pretty much non-existent with the ability to do that so you absolutely have to condense the season um and we'll see obviously when uh we're able to get going with baseball well, there is still some sports going on here. The NFL offseason is under full-fledged, and it's, I find it very ironic that people are, are losing their sources of income, that we're talking about a trillion-dollar bailout of the economy, uh, billions of dollars going to individual American homes just based on not being able to pay rent or basic uh, goods. And here we are, NFL offseason, and we're getting all kinds of crazy contracts. Philip Rivers signed today with the Colts for $25 million. You're seeing corners like Trey Wayne signed with the Bengals for $42 million. Joe Schobert, linebacker, 
for the Jags, going from the Browns to the Jags, signed for over $53 million. It's just crazy the kind of numbers that are coming out here. I really hope some of these players donate some of this uh, newfound money that they have to some of those, these local communities that are just going to be devastated by this. So we'll continue talking about the NFL offseason, but first want to talk about our second sponsor for the day, and uh, that is Bet Online. We talked about them, Chris, before. While you're waiting this out at home with us, you still can have some fun betting at betonline.com. There's obviously, as we discussed, ad nauseum, no March Madness, none of the leagues, no fantasy leagues, but BetOnline still has hundreds of places to wager, including their nonstop casino with poker and blackjack. And sports aren't totally done, Chris. There's still, hopefully, the mixed martial arts uh, American Idol you can bet on. The elections certainly are still going to happen, even though a lot of those things are going to be postponed. The spelling bee we hope to still get. The Nathan's <laughs> Hot Dog Eating Contest on July 4th. That's a classic one. So they're still fun to be had is the point. So go to betonline.com. Use this promo code MYPOD100. That's 100. So MYPOD100 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right. For our listeners, Chris, 50% off with your promo code MYPOD100. And even if you're not planning on wagering on any of those things that we just mentioned, go ahead and put the, the promotion on or, or go ahead and put those, that money in now. That way, when we do get baseball, when we do get basketball back, we do get football in the fall, you'll have some free money to play with. So go to betonline.com. Use the promo code MYPOD100. BetOnline, where the fun never ends. So let's talk about, Chris, the offseason so far. It's been a wild one. We're still waiting to see where Tom Brady ends up. He announced this morning He's no longer considering going back to the New England Patriots, so it's absolutely wild that he will be on a, a different team for the first time in over 20 seasons. Philip Rivers, as I just mentioned, went to the Colts today. Teddy Bridgewater signed with the Panthers today. Both the Chargers and the Rams are keeping it relatively quiet. Of course, the Rams are rumored to be shopping running back Todd Gurley. They have over 25% of their overall cap for next year tied up in both Gurley uh, and Jared Goff. So it's going to be very, very difficult for the Rams. The Chargers, of course, let Phillip Rivers walk. What are your thoughts here so far in the beginning of the NFL offseason? And, and what are the biggest things you need to, that you think that both the Chargers uh, and the Rams need to work on? Yeah, I'm a little bit surprised about the, the Colts and the Phillip Rivers thing. I know that had been rumored for a long time, but uh, I mean, shoot, I was the one who was like, you know, Phillip Rivers is my, it's my dark horse MVP candidate, and he stunk. He was an absolute, had an abysmal season. Uh, for well, the Chargers, <laughs> yeah, I just don't, you know, I does, I just don't think he really has anything left. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I just not really well, seeing it there. The Colts certainly there. think they do. They give him twenty five yeah. million dollars to prove that he's got something left. <laughs> right. I just, I just don't get it. I mean, I guess playing in a dome is going to be a little bit better, but it's not like playing in Los Angeles was terrible conditions or anything like that. Um, so it just a little bit of head scratchers. Uh, I'm also scratching my head at. At Tom Terrific, um, you know, it, is it a money thing? And if it's a win now thing, like I don't necessarily like the Bucks seem to be the big big hot rumor now. Yeah, Colin Cowherd said that really, really seem to be the two finalists. And I just, you know, I I don't know. And then none of those guys. It's not, you know, I don't. I was trying to think of an NFL team that that was the analogy for Peyton Manning going to the Broncos, right? Like that Broncos team was legit, and it was obvious to everybody. What they a just playoff needed, game with Tim Tebow. So yeah. it was. It was ready to go. Right. They just Eight needed needed that quarterback. And I just don't, you know, I, I mean, the Bucks, yeah, that's, you know, Chris Godwin and, and Mark Evans, like legit wide, legit wide receivers, really good that the Bucks defense has got some up and coming players. Like that's a good solid team, but you know, Brady isn't Brady anymore. He can't, he's hyper inaccurate. He's a statue back there. You know, I just, 
I'm sure he'll put up good numbers, but I just don't. I'm still not, still not getting it. Like if I'm Tom Brady, I just don't. I don't know. I, I'm not sure what his motivation is. I guess we'll see what plays out if he does indeed go to the Bucks. But I'm not. I mean, the Pats. You know it. Yeah, you know everybody. Like the Pats' defense is legitimate. I guess they're not going to sign any weapons. But I think he was ready to move on. And, and you know, after they lost the Titans in the postseason, um, he was almost talking about the experience. And we even talked about this in our podcast after that weekend that he, he was kind of talking about his tenure with the Patriots almost in past tense. And yep. uh, it looks like since we started recording, actually, it's been reported that. Uh, the Chargers believe they're now out of the running for Tom Brady. So it's really looking like he is going to the Buccaneers. Um, and, you know, the Chargers have also signed, say, Brian Bulaga, former offensive tackle with the Packers, Iowa grad. And, and so that'll certainly help a three-year $30 million deal that was first reported by Ian Rappaport. So that's a nice pickup for the Chargers. It looks like Derek Watt, their starting fullback the last several years, has moved on. Malcolm Gordon has moved on. So uh, their back will look a lot different. And, for the Rams, the main move today was they were not exercised their option for cornerback Nikhil Roby Coleman, who had a very good season, um, and he's going to become an unrestricted free agent. So Eric Weddle retired, Michael Brockers moved on, Corey Littleton today signed, I believe was with the Raiders, and now Roby Coleman is gone from that defense. So they'll look a lot different next season. So we'll see. You know, a lot of, a lot of difficult decisions to be made for both of these teams. Yeah, I also think for the for the Rams, you can't pay Goff and Gurley that much money. Um, I'm sure I thought it and said it at the time to somebody. It's just those contracts. You couldn't do that, especially yeah. now that it you looks like. You can't have a quarter of your yeah. entire cap sign up in, in, in two players, specifically not one that is very easily replaceable in Todd Gurley. Yeah, so you just you just have can't. a virus remorse in that one, I, I can imagine. Yeah, you just can't do that. And, and you know, was Gurley right? Uh, he looked awful in their Super Bowl run and didn't play. And then last year, for some reason, barely carried the ball until three quarters of the way season. So I'm not, yeah. I don't even know if Gurley's healthy. And this is, you know, a borderline disaster for the Rams, or I think the situation where if they can't get anything for him, I mean, ultimately, yeah, I think somebody's probably going to agree to like a, a late round draft pick for him. Mm-hmm. But they'd have to cut him. You have to cut him because you can't, I mean, unless you yeah, want to just, they'll be able to move on with him or, or restructure his contract. There's no way to just yeah. outright cut him because yeah, he's going to have a, a huge dead cap. It would not make sense to pay him all that money, and not have him uh, at least suit up for your team. So we'll see yeah, what happens. Hope they can get something for him or maybe they'll come to an agreement in which they, it works out for both in, in, and they can keep him with the team. So we'll see. Yeah. It'll be a very interesting first season. Uh, so far stadium in Inglewood, hopefully we at least get a, a normalized NFL season. We'll see if it affects that at all so any final thoughts here chris this is episode 37 the coronavirus version of believe in betting la and you know i don't i don't mean to make light of that it's obviously a very very serious thing worldwide and we hope everyone stays safe and uh, and stays successful and, and can find the peace and time that they need uh, in this very difficult time uh fun so actually some gambling related news is once all the major sports NHL, NBA, March Madness closed down. Um, you still had some European soccer games, and you had a there was like a Russian Federation regular season, you know, I don't know, C class uh, soccer game that was being played, and it was reported that the normal the normal handle on that game was something like five thousand dollars. Like nobody bet on it, basically, is what I'm saying. And then when it was one of like three sports being played, they had booked like a half a million in bets. Yeah. <laughs> People knowing nothing People about Federation soccer. <laughs> yep, they just want to bet. They were just like, yep, I'm going to take the team in red. You know, yeah. I'm going to watch it uh, yeah. on this legal People stream. entertainment, man. It's, yep. uh, it, it's wild times out there. So yep. once again, just want to reiterate everyone to you know do 
whatever they can to stay home, to take care of elderly. If you can, go and shop for, for neighbors and family in need, but obviously keep the six-feet rule, try to wash your hands as much as possible. We're all going to get through this. It's just a matter of when and how, and uh, all of us here at the Bleed Podcast Network uh, just want to reiterate to to you know do everything you can in your power uh, to make sure we get through this unscathed, or at least as quickly uh, and as uh, little impact on everyone else as possible. So... For the Believe Podcast Network, for SAG Capital, for Chris Lewart, I'm Sam Maxwell. Thank you for listening, and see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.